Hi, y'all, and welcome to the Fitness Nutritionist Podcast. And that's nutritionist with an S, since there's two of us. We're your hosts, Stephanie and Mandy. We all know that nutrition and fitness information can be overwhelming and confusing. So we're here to help women find real answers for all things fitness and nutrition related by giving you quick tips and strategies so you can find your healthy weight, get fit, and improve your physical and mental health. And as registered dietitians, we know how nutrition and exercise can help you feel better and allow you to live your healthiest and happiest life. So be sure and hit the subscribe button so you don't miss out on any of the episodes full of great tips and helpful information we have just for you. You can also join us in our private Facebook group, The Fitness Nutritionist Corner, where we will provide fun challenges, answer your questions, and support women along their journey to a better health. So grab a glass of water and let's get moving with today's topic. Hi, y'all, and welcome to the very first episode of the Fitness Nutritionist Podcast. I'm so glad that you've decided to join us today, and I want to just start this off with asking you some questions. Are you at the heaviest weight that you have ever been, ladies? Have you been trying your best to eat well and get some exercise in, but yet the scale isn't moving and the inches are not changing? Have you been told to just eat less and move more? Are you completely frustrated that you're trying to lose weight, improve your health, but yet you feel like nothing is changing? If so, I feel you and I want you to realize that it's not that simple. So today we are going to be talking about the 10 factors that influence your health and weight. Yeah, so today we're going to introduce you to them on the podcast and go into a deeper dive into these on the next couple of episodes. So sit back and relax, and you can look at the show notes afterwards, but you're going to want to look at these 10 things that each play a role into your weight and our weight. That's right, Mandy. So the thing about it is I like to go, and I I teach this in my small group program. Um, I want ladies and women to understand that it's like a puzzle. When you're trying to lose weight, you're trying to improve your health, it's not just one or two things that come into play. So it's it's a puzzle piece. And you have to have each piece of the puzzle fitting together and be sure that you're addressing each one of those or you're, you're kind of spinning your wheels, right? So um, I agree with the whole puzzle deal. I feel like sometimes people have one part of the puzzle, they do really, really well but yet maybe two or three other pieces of the puzzle, they don't do as well. And so like you're fixing to introduce number one to us, a lot of people struggle with. Right. Yeah. So the first one is going to be nutrition, of course. So this is basically just how you nourish your body. How do you feed it? How do you fuel it? What do you put into it? Because what food is fuel. So how you nourish it, how much you eat, how much you don't eat, All of that plays a very, very important role in your weight and, of course, your overall health. And I think what a lot of people get so confused about is, you know, like, I don't want to eat carbs or should I eat carbs? How much carbs should I eat? They don't understand that carbs, protein, fat, those are three really key nutrients that we need to convert to energy. But also other factors, uh, hydration, we need to be drinking enough, our vitamins, minerals, and then, of course, fiber. 
And we know as women, we tend not to get that, you know, the amount of fiber that we really need. So there's so much information confusion out there. And hopefully that's what we're here to start settling. Right. So the next one is exercise. So no confusion in this area is exercise. And you're really the expert in this area. How much do we really need to move? You know, a lot of times I tell my clients or patients, like you can't count what you do normally, like your your daily work or stuff like that as exercise. So what does exercise really mean, Stephanie? Yeah, so there's a bunch of things that go into this. So this does include, you know, what we consider exercise, that 30 minutes or 60 minutes of the day where we carve out and we go to the gym or we do our class or our at-home workout. You know, that's what most people think of when they think of exercise. And that is absolutely important and being sure that you're getting the right types of exercise. You know, we, we need to do cardio. We need to do strength training. But research is showing that that NEAT, non-exercise activity thermogenesis, is actually just as important. And these are those things that we do throughout the day that we may not realize is exercise. It, it could be, you know, parking at the back of the parking lot and walking up. It could be taking the stairs instead of the elevator. It could be setting the um, alarm on your watch and being sure that you're getting up every hour for five or 10 minutes and, and just moving around. So that, that type of movement in general, their studies are showing that that is very, very important and it can help. So you think just about like your typical eight hour workday. If you just got up for five minutes, each of those eight hours and walked around for five minutes, at the end of the day, that's 40 minutes of additional walking that you got in that, you know, that that in and of itself can add up to a whole new workout. So I just want you to understand that it's not just that going to the gym, but it's how you're moving your body throughout the whole day. Oh, I definitely agree with that. And for my really debilitated patients, I will even tell them, just sit in your recliner at home and whether it's getting canned goods, um, if you don't have the little hand weights and you're just sitting there and I always use the illustration of, you know, like your favorite sitcom because they're typically a 30 minute show. And I'm like, just while the sitcom is going, not during the commercials, but you're just doing something with your arms or you're just doing like little kicks right. with your legs, you know, like nothing to in depth you know, just getting them going, doing something. And I always tell them about a study I read years ago, probably like 20 years ago. That's how old I am as a dietitian. But a study showed that just tapping your foot burned enough energy that it improved uh, blood glucose control. Mm -hmm. So when I can break it down into those little simple things, right? and I'm always just encouraging them, you know what, you do five minutes of exercise three times a day at different points of the day. And then once you can be successful at that, move it up to 10 minutes, three times a day, and then 15 minutes, three times a day. And then they're eventually going to hit that goal that the American Heart Association has um, recommended of 150 minutes a week of moderate exercise, or 75 minutes of vigorous. And um, they're actually showing that more health benefits are coming from 300 minutes a week, which is five hours a week, right. total. So you know, when you break it down into bite-sized pieces that people can actually accomplish, then they're more excited about doing it. Mm -hmm. And it's not so overwhelming. And we're definitely going to do more, oh, exactly. more episodes on exercise because there's a lot there, but yeah, just including it in like that can, can definitely be helpful. 
So number three is sleep. So a lot of times people, I have clients and women that come to me and, you know, they're getting their nutrition down, they're getting their exercise down. Because in my program, I have an at-home exercise guide that's that's five days a week. So, you know, by like week six, eight, they're they're really getting moving with their exercise. But then, you know, I'll listen to them or we're talking or this is probably my weakest area here is sleep. So, like I said, you can be eating good, you can be working out good. But if you're burning the candle on both ends and you're not getting enough sleep, sleep can mess with your hormones. And when we start doing that, that can actually slow down our metabolism. And we'll talk more about sleep in a, in a future episode also. But the thing that I want you to realize, one reason that sleep is so important is it keeps the balance between ghrelin and leptin in check. So when, when our sleep gets off, it can actually increase our ghrelin and decrease leptin. And ghrelin is the hormone that makes us feel hungry. And leptin is the hormone that makes us feel full. So if we're sleep deprived, we may be hungrier than we normally are. And so that in and of itself, if we're hungry and we're eating more than what we need, then that can lead to weight gain. So we'll definitely do an episode where we go more in depth on the importance of sleep. Right. And I loved, um, it was a CEU class that I took and it, it really went in depth on this ghrelin. And it was very, very interesting um, on how that has the effect on our body and stuff like that. And 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 I know the listeners aren't going to be super um, concerned about this specific word, but sleep does play a huge role on our bodies. And I personally understand that because I suffer from migraines and sleep is one of my things that impact. If I don't get enough sleep, I get a migraine. So the Sleep Foundation actually recommends seven to nine hours for people between 18 and 65, and then over 65 at seven to eight hours. So it kind of gives us that good time period of how much sleep we need to be getting. So I really can't wait till we get into the sleep and ways we can actually help improve our sleep. Mm -hmm. Because I know everybody needs to learn how to sleep better. So number four is stress. So too much stress can increase that cortisol and cause us to gain weight. And specifically around that abdominal area. And I know for most of us women, um, that's one of the target areas we try to work on. Stress can affect our bodies in different ways. It also can affect our mood and it can affect our behavior. So again, headaches, muscle tension, chest pain, fatigue. There's a whole list. Again, we'll get into once we talk about this topic on a future podcast. So we're also going to talk about some stress reduction. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think we could all use some help on, on learning how to manage, manage stress. So number five is genetics. So we can definitely do something about nutrition and exercise and sleep and stress. But when it comes to genetics, that's something that we're just born with. That's how God made us. So there's nothing that we can do about that, but it definitely does play a role. But like I said, since it's one of those factors that we cannot change, it just makes these other factors like number one through four, even more important to focus our efforts there. But like I said, it is something that you should be aware of what your genetics is, what your family history is, because it can make you, you know, predisposed to, to certain conditions. But I do want to put to rest the thing here about some people just say, 
well, I'm just born with a, a slow metabolism or obesity runs in my family. And that can be true, but there are things that we can definitely do to increase our metabolism and things like that. So we just don't want to use this as a crutch because there are things we can do to improve these other things that we can control. Oh, I totally agree. So Stephanie, as you know, I'm a twin. So my twin who is, she's always been a little bit thinner than I have been, but she has high cholesterol. So, you know, I have a normal BMI, but I've never had high cholesterol. So it's, it's always been very interesting to me with us being twins, how our genetics are totally different. I mean, obviously we're fraternal. So other things that are going to fall into this environmental factor are going to be, as you already mentioned, individuals, um, but it could be our income, our time, like chemical factors, like us eating more processed foods. So again, another great topic I really cannot wait to dive into. Oh, the next one. This one I really don't like talking about. It's mm-hmm. age. So as we age, and you kind of spoke on this topic a while ago, our metabolisms do choose to slow down a little bit. This is generally due to the muscle loss, decreased activity, and normal aging of the metabolic process. So metabolism is that conversion of what we eat into energy. So a lot of my clients or patients will say, well, I really don't eat that much. I don't understand why I keep gaining weight or why I'm overweight or obese. And there's a big myth to it. They think that because they're not eating as much, you know, they shouldn't be gaining weight. And, and I tell them it, it's kind of like our metabolisms tend to be like a turtle at that point. So we have to figure out how can we jumpstart our metabolism again? So the average adult loses three to 8% of our muscle during each decade after the age of 30. Yeah. So this goes back to exercise. That's one reason why strength training is so important because the more lean muscle we have, the more um, calories we burn at rest. So, yeah. And I'm a few decades over 30, so (laughs) it's so important for me. Right. So moving on, we're on to number seven is gender. So gender can definitely play a role in your weight and your health. So I'm sure, Mandy, have you ever just, you know, gone trying to lose weight at the same time as your husband and they can sit over there and cut their ice cream back from, you know, three scoops to two scoops and then lose 10 pounds in a week. And you can eliminate ice cream, eliminate everything. And you might have lost a half a pound at the end of that week. So I think we've, we probably all have some experience with that, but it is true that men do typically have a higher metabolism than women. And that's pretty much in part, thanks to their testosterone and just the fact that they do typically have more lean muscle. Um, And again, that goes back to one reason why strength training is so important for women. But just so you know, ladies, they do have some advantage there when it comes to their weight. So moving on to number eight, Mandy, what is the eighth factor that affects? Yeah, it's our height. Our height actually does affect our weight. And it's something I kind of referred to earlier uh, when I said that I have a normal BMI. So obviously the taller you are, the more weight you can carry. So if you're not as tall, you can't carry as much weight. So whether you're filling out life insurance or health insurance or anything like that, 
you know, they, they typically use this BMI factor to determine if you're normal weight, overweight, obese, stuff like that. Now there, it's, it's a little bit obscured, especially if you're into working out and you have, you know, a lot of lean, you know, muscle mass and that muscle. But for the most part, we really have to know that information. And it also can help you know how much calories you can eat. So, right. And me being five foot two, I don't know if I'm vertically challenged, but sometimes I look at my friends that are five, seven, and I just think, you know, I'm not overweight. I'm just about, you know, five inches too short. So, yeah. Well, there was a girl at church today and she's obviously a volleyball player. And I was like, wow, it would be so nice to have those long, lean legs. But then, you know, we do have these advantages that, that other people don't. So we just got to take with what we have and, you know, know that God made us yes. this way and do the things we can do about that. So that's right. So when we fall, we don't have so far to fall, right? That's right. <laughs> so number nine is medications. So of course, medications can affect your health and your weight. Um, and there's just not enough time to go into all those. But if, if you have these other pieces of the puzzle in place and, and something still may seem a little off, then, you know, be sure that you look at the medications and the side effects, you know, things like steroids can make you gain weight, mm-hmm. things like that. So medications can definitely play a role. Your best person to talk about um, side effects of medication is obviously the person at the pharmacy. That's um, what they went to school for, and they know those medications backwards and forwards. Mm-hmm. Your physician is a great person who writes the medications, but the pharmacist and or the pharmacy tech, they have so much knowledge um, with the side effects of medications. Yes. So medical history, we obviously have to know what our medical history is. You know, like Stephanie touched on earlier, what is our family history? What is our current medical history? You know, there's so many different factors that play into our health. Can we go out and run? Maybe not because maybe you have bad knees or a bad ankle or a bad back, but there's always something you can do exercise wise. So reach out to that exercise professional, someone who is trained, not just someone who is proclaimed to be someone who can help you with exercise. Reach out to that medical professional who can also help as well. Yeah. Also on that is, you know, if you have like thyroid disease, if you have hypothyroidism or Hashimoto's, anything like that, you know, and you're struggling to lose weight and it may even be undiagnosed. So just making sure that, you know, if you're feeling symptoms of things and even if your labs come back normal, you know, that doesn't mean that you stop right there. You know, your body best. I've got so many clients and I've seen so many patients that, you know, their, their TSH might come back and it's within normal limits. But then when you look into some of those other labs, you know, their T3, T4, for instance, you know, it's off. So those types of things, adrenal fatigue, any different things like that can definitely affect your weight also. So be sure that you're an advocate for yourself. And if you know something's off, then you keep going to a qualified professional until you find someone who will listen to you and help you get relief from those symptoms that you're having. But yeah, so that wraps up the 10 factors or 10 factors that can affect your health and your weight. And we just kind of tried to hit the highlights of those today, because like I said at the beginning, it's all a puzzle. 
And there's nothing worse than, you know, you've spent hours working on a puzzle. You've spent hours, you know, investing in your health, trying to lose weight, that type of thing. And then you get down towards the end of it and you realize you're missing that one piece and you you look all over the floor, you look all around or, you know, you're missing two or three pieces and then you feel like you've done all that work and then it's just not whole. So same goes with you. You know, you have to look at all these things and be sure that they're fitting together and that you're addressing each one of those in order to find the weight that you're looking to get and to be sure that your, you know, your health is where it needs to be. And I know the same for you, Stephanie, but as a healthcare practitioner, you know, we we do the same thing. We're looking at the big picture and as we're we're putting the pieces together, whether it's through your medical history, your lab work, your medications, we're looking at the big picture and putting that piece of the puzzle together to figure out what is the best plan for you. Because healthcare is not a cookie cutter. Right. It's not cookie cutter information. And that's what you're going to learn as you're doing Stephanie's course too, is how do I help myself? Mm-hmm. You know, take the information that you're learning and how can I improve my lifestyle, my family's lifestyle, you know, whether it's through exercise, you know, preparing what you're eating. So we hope you enjoyed today's episode. It went a little bit longer than what our typical podcast will be. We're hoping to keep those probably under 15 minutes, but we hope you join us for the next episode where we will be picking out one of these topics and doing a deeper dive into them. So you can start working through each one of these and um, we'll give you some tips and strategies and things to look for. So we hope you join us for our next episode. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and that you gained a little more info to help you along your journey to your best life. We would love it if you would take just a minute to write this podcast and share it with your family and friends. And as always, let us know if you have anything you would like us to talk about on any future episodes. And don't forget, go to the Fitness Nutritionist Corner, our private Facebook group, where we'll have those fun challenges. We'll answer your questions and support women along their journey to a better health. You can also contact us on our website at thefitnessnutritionist.com. And that's nutritionist with an S. And just remember, ladies, you are worth it.